Hello everyone, if you would like to deepen your spiritual experience, I am hosting a weekly meditation every Saturday at 11am Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to know more, in the show notes I do have the details available to you where you can join the WhatsApp group that will have the Zoom link so you can attend the meditation class. This is absolutely free. I look forward to seeing you there. Please enjoy the rest of this podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the Bearded Mystic Podcast and I'm your host Rahul N. Singh. Thank you for taking out the time today to listen or watch this episode of the podcast. So today we're going to be discussing the concept of Sat Chit Ananda which can be loosely translated as Truth, Consciousness, Bliss and we'll go into what these three words mean in more depth. What is Sat? The truth. We know that Sat means truth. But the truth of what? Is it the truth of our existence? Is it the truth of this microphone? Is it the truth of the physical universe? Is the truth the laws of the universe or the laws of nature? What exactly is the truth. Well really, as much as we can know about the universe, if we think about it, we can only understand the universe according to the apparatus we have, which is our being, our mind, our thoughts, our perception. Therefore, we're limited to the elements of the body. There's certain things that we cannot hear, that we cannot see, that even other living creatures can see and hear that we can't. Even though we can say that human beings can try or they can attempt to know everything in existence and how every how the universe is, I would say we can only know as much as we think we are. If we believe we are this body and this mind, that's the, the limitation that we're going to have. And then we have to understand that that is a limitation. But we're going to look at the truth of our existence and what is our existence. In Advaita Vedanta, there is a concept of neti neti. This is from the Upanishads actually. This very concept, neti neti means not this, not this, or not this, not that. What neti neti does is it's a process where we one by one analyze and inquire into its existence. For example, if I wanted to look into the existence of this microphone. Now, what was this microphone before it took this form? It was probably a bunch of materials put together, some wires put together. They were modified to have distinct parts to it. Before that, it was probably part of the earth in terms of raw material. Now, what was the earth from? Let's say we follow the Big Bang Theory, came from the Big Bang, so it's a product of the universe. Okay, so where did the universe come from? We don't know what there was before the Big Bang, it was probably absolute nothingness. So then what is our existence? In Vedanta, they say that the truth of our existence is prior to consciousness, actually, which is very interesting. Prior to our consciousness, there was this Brahman. Yeah, we've been discussing Brahman in the last few episodes. It's a word we can keep with. 
that is the truth of our existence, according to the breakdown given by the scriptures of the East, especially in the Upanishads. And if you look at even the other texts like Ashtavakra Gita, this is really emphasized. From what we gather from that is that our existence is simply emptiness. When I say emptiness, I don't mean like in a in a nihilistic way. Emptiness as in like there's no content there. Yeah. There's nothing tangible, there's no form, there's no element. It's completely devoid of everything that you can think of. It's devoid of thought, devoid of emotion. And what's interesting is that if you have followed what I've just said, you will be able to understand what I'm talking about. Now, if you haven't experienced what I've just said, it's very difficult to understand this concept and it's very challenging. Trust me, I know because I've been there before. People have said this to me so many times in my life and I never got it. I just could not get my brain to wrap around it. But eventually, with time and with studying it a bit more and being more intense in my studying, I managed to understand the concept. Through neti neti, through self-inquiry, whether even who am I, through that inquiry, and now we can just look at our own self, forget about the microphone, just look at your own self and analyse from where did you begin? When was our beginning? There is no answer. And it's actually in the no answer is the truth. And I know it sounds like I'm talking in riddles or in hyperbole, but it's it's really that simple. <laughs> now, let me take a step back. If I look into what this body is made of, there's actually a TED talk by Jeff Lieberman on this. And I, I do suggest that you watch this. And I must put it in the show notes, the link to that video, if it's still up on YouTube. In there, he talks about how if you put a human body under a microscope, you'll see basically that we're cells. And if you put the cells under a microscope, you'll see electrons, neutrons, and all sorts. So if you keep going down eventually to the atom, now we go into like quarks and all that. If you had to put a microscope under a quark, well, there'd be just formless emptiness dancing around. Even our body is formless. Our body is emptiness. Is energy just dancing? This is really hard to grasp sometimes because when we say that we're nothing or no thing in the Buddhist terminology, it's very tough to comprehend and very tough to accept even because we feel we are something, right? Like I mentioned, the transactional reality, we are feeling things as real. Now, neti neti gets us to the point where we break everything down until we reach to consciousness, pure consciousness. And this is what we're going to talk about now. What is consciousness? In Advaita Vedanta, consciousness means pure consciousness, not the consciousness as I am the body, I am the mind, not that consciousness, but the consciousness prior to everything means Brahman. That is Brahman. When we get to that point of neti neti and we break everything down to pure consciousness, that is Brahman. Like I said, if we've been sincere in our inquiry, only the existence of Brahman should remain. This has to be something you have to really live. Like you have to experience it yourself. Nobody can take you there with words. I do believe for majority of us, a teacher is able to guide us there. And they are able to guide us very effectively to this point of realization. How many teachers are willing to do that is another topic altogether. 
once we understand that there is only Brahman, okay, there is only pure consciousness, we understand that this ultimate reality is limitless, is formless, is infinite, it's shapeless, it's colorless, it's boundless, no beginning, no end, timeless. And yet, everything that we see as its manifestation is contained within this. This is the truth of the relative existence and Brahman and consciousness and pure consciousness. Now, once we know that consciousness is the truth of our existence, Sat and Chit, what does this lead to? This leads to Ananda, which is bliss. Now, what is bliss? It's the elation that goes beyond the comprehension of happiness. In the last episode, I mentioned how my spiritual teacher mentioned that bliss is true happiness beyond the senses. It's beyond our comprehension. It's that type of elation where we cannot word it. We cannot describe it. We cannot even give the other the experience of it. They can feel it in terms of separate to them, but they cannot feel it as their own, even when you describe it and they may feel something. This bliss is an uncreated eternal state. A lot of times in, especially, I can only talk from the Indian culture, whenever we, whenever you come across any, say you go to a wedding, yeah, and you get some nice food, and you'll find that some some of us from the Indian community will say, Ananda, yeah. After they've eaten the food, they feel blissful, yeah? Oh, I felt bliss after eating that food. Tomorrow they may feel something else. <laughs> but <laughs> in that moment, <laughs> they feel bliss. Is it really bliss? Will they have that feeling of that food that it gave them, that bliss from eating that food? Will that carry on into the next day? Will that carry on in five years, in ten years? Will it continue after death? This is the question. And that's with anything. Sometimes even a spiritual experience could be actually just happiness, joy or elation. And we may mistakenly call it bliss. And when we do this, what happens? Okay, this must have happened to some of us where you've had an, an amazing meditation. It's been one of the best meditations you've ever had. You definitely feel like you've touched bliss. Yeah, I've definitely felt bliss. And then tomorrow appears and you sit down for meditation and nothing's happening. The ego is saying, don't you want that experience again? And you go back into the thought, oh yeah, I want that experience again. I want to feel bliss again. Then was that experience in meditation bliss? When you understand what sat is and jit, you come to a point which is called samadhi, which is super consciousness state, always termed as a turiya state, the fourth state. And this fourth state is beyond waking, dreaming and deep sleep. It's beyond those states. Ananda is in that fourth state. It's in samadhi is the fourth state. And samadhi is something that you can always go into. What normally happens is we go through what is termed as satoris, which is awakening experiences. But we sometimes mistakenly, we interpret it as enlightenment. But really, we've just gone through an awakening. And we should be able to recognize this. And it, 
we have to be very honest in our spirituality to recognize when it is an awakening that, okay, this was a fleeting experience, but I'm getting closer to the goal. I've got to keep continuing. I've got to still go deeper into my practice. I've got to be more sincere in my practice. What tends to happen is we've had one experience of awakening and we suddenly term it as enlightenment because we've never experienced such a thing before, right? It's natural. I mean, I, I don't actually condemn anyone for feeling that way to be honest, because it seems to be the only natural response to something that you've experienced for the first time. We have to understand that this feeling of blissfulness has to remain. Only then is it samadhi. Samadhi is that direct realization of this uncreated eternal state of bliss. And it's always there. It never disappears. Awakening, it will go. Maybe you touched bliss, but you didn't enter the state. It's like you're at the beach. You just allowed the waves to touch your feet, but you didn't go walking into the ocean and go knee deep. It's like that. We just allow the wave of bliss to touch us and then we allow it to recede back. Instead, what we should do is keep going forward. We stop making the effort. We then become a little insincere and say we've achieved everything. That isn't the state of bliss. Bliss it's something you have to go into and then remain firm in, remain stable in. I would say that bliss and grace are interrelated and interdependent. To get to that state of bliss requires grace. To get to such a high state of being requires a certain level of, I don't know, I don't want to say it's an influence because that means there's something external or even there's a duality. There isn't. It's like grace leads you there. I really feel that in this spiritual journey, you will find when you look back, you'd be like, how did that happen? That was grace. And I find bliss and grace are interdependent and interrelated. They work with each other. You could say they conspire together to get you to that state of samadhi. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? We just have to find out. This Satchit Ananda, then once we've become stabilized in Ananda, in bliss, we find that this is all one and not different aspects. So Sat isn't different, Jit isn't different, and Ananda isn't separate. They're all one. They're a symbiotic relationship. And that is what the mystic is. This is what the mystic experiences. It's super deep for me. Majority of the times I find it so difficult to comprehend. I've written a poem for this podcast and I hope you like it. Do tell me like if you like these poems because I then know whether to have these in my podcasts now and then. The thing about poetry is that it appears from nowhere for me. I never plan to write a poem. It always comes from a place beyond me. I'm never able to explain it. Let's start with this poem, yeah? I have travelled uncharted lands within my mind, wondered who I am and when did I begin? When did I start identifying with this body? When did I become attached to my own name? When did the attachment become a problem? When did it start disturbing the peace within? What can I do now to get out of this trap within traps? The boat I travelled on led me to an island. 
Upon my arrival, the mystic held his open arms. Such love was alien to me. Yet I hadn't seen another human in weeks, maybe months. I let my mind go of its preconceived notions, and hugged the mystic and felt an embrace like no other before. It took me to a place within my mind, a place I had been to yet was searching for once again. With a smile, this mystic seemed to have taken my worries away. I really couldn't identify myself in his divine presence. He guided me to his dwelling where the busyness of a family resided. Freshened up and fed with delicious food, I sat in front of the fire. The mystic sat opposite me and the fire in the absolute centre. He began to speak and with just the syllable, Orm. I was transported to the embrace I experienced on my arrival. Gone was my body, nowhere to be seen or felt. Gone was my mind, my identity, my knowledge, my memories, all vanished as if being burned in a fire of absolute knowledge. It felt like lifetimes of burdens were burning away and behind the smoke, it was failed. My true existence was waiting as the air picked up. Slowly but surely, the smoke cleared up and I stood right in front of what I always was. I encountered it and yet language failed to express this lack of duality. With consciousness as pure as purity can be, I came across bliss. This boundless experience of joy burst forth. Lost was I in this expanding sense of bliss as the words Orm was uttered again. The mystic stood up and smiled again. I lost what I thought was everything and gained what no thing really was. The mystic approached me and with a whisper directed in my ear, This is who you are. Sat Chitananda, this is who you are. Sat Chitananda. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bearded Mystic Podcast. Please do remember to follow or subscribe to this channel and do leave a review for this podcast. I'd really appreciate knowing what you think. You can follow me on social media and I will leave the links below to each of those accounts. I do share small clips on there that you can share with friends and family. And if you feel that anyone in your friends and family circle would love this podcast, do share it with them. Do remember, a new episode is uploaded every Sunday and Thursday. Until next time, take care. See you again soon. Bye.